What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Miss Adventureland Game Show. My name is Bobby, and I'm here with Stephanie Cook. Hello. Hello, Stephanie. I'm doing great. It's been, been a long time since we've podcasted together. It's true. I mean, I get what is now a year and a half. Was it almost? Yeah, it's like a year and a couple months since the, yeah. the Talking Comics April Fool's Day show or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Stephanie, I, for those who don't know, who are, I guess, listeners of Miss Adventureland and not previous podcast ventures, <laughs> Stephanie, and, <laughs> Stephanie and I were on uh, a comic book podcast together for many, many years yeah. Um. and uh, hundreds years. of hundred yeah three or four years hundreds of episodes yes <laughs> of, a, of a podcast um and um and we uh haven't done a podcast together we've done one podcast together in the last i don't know how many years it's been yes six years <laughs> like a really long time like a really long time we've talked about doing podcasts we have and yes. then it's just not really come to fruition as of yet because we both like to accumulate projects. Yes, lots and lots of projects. Uh -huh. And also every idea that Stephanie and I come, there are a million podcast ideas Stephanie and I could do together yes. that um, that would take very little lift to do. But the ideas that we always sort of like center on are ideas that would take us many, 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 many hours to, Honestly, to do. We started with the best of intentions mm -hmm. where we were like, all right, let's do something low maintenance. You know, it doesn't have to be whatever it's just like banter it's fun like yeah. it's a, an excuse to hang out mm -hmm. and then it quickly devolved into what kind of serial drama could we like professionally produce record mm -hmm. like upload and that's why you haven't heard a podcast from us since yeah, it's true yes we have no chill and mm -hmm. we can't decide on the thing that we would do so yeah um justin Justin Townsend, who, who uh, you know, no stranger to this podcast, uh, says in the chat, neither of you can do anything easy. Uh, and that's very, very true. Can't. It, yes. it literally turned into, we, I, we almost said the idea, like, it's still a very good idea. And I think, <laughs> and I think somewhere in both of our heads, it exists in a, in a place that it maybe could happen one day. Yes. But it got to the point where Stephanie was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to make and try to sell this to somebody and they could pay us to do it. We had okay. not literally done a thing yet. We had <laughs> not, we had like the idea. Idea, like a very rough concept uh -huh. of what we wanted to do, but we had not done any mm -mm. like work yet. <laughs> no, I just, no. I have no chill and I have big ambitions and I'm like, go big or go home. Yeah. Which is hilarious given the fact that I just am home 24 7 now, basically. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the only option is to go big, really. Yeah, you got to go big. I'm already home. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. That's the I other saying. If you're home, just go big. That's the yeah. other saying. Yeah. yeah. You might as well. There's nothing <laughs> left for you to do. Um, what is it like? Um, eat nuts, kick butts, and I'm all out of nuts. Mm -hmm. It's like that. That's right. That's right. Exactly. It's just like that. It's just mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah. So, Stephanie did this podcast for a long time together. Um, and uh, now Stephanie is a comic book writer in her own, in her own way. <gasps> Um, you're like a full-time professional writer now. Yeah. Oh my God. Look here. This is conveniently. <laughs> this was conveniently located next to the mm -hmm. stapler that was propping up my ring yes. light until it crashed down just before the show started. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have graphic novels of my own, which is wild to think yeah, about. Yeah. It's crazy. You know? It's crazy. Like, it's, it's been a journey, Bobby. 
Mm -hmm. This has been a journey. Absolutely. It's been a journey. I mean, when we first started talking again, you were just sort of like, you were talking about some of these projects that are just coming out now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And graphic novels, as many of you know, probably like games, take forever to make, you know, like the writing portion Mm -hmm. is a big component, but not even remotely compared to the art side of thing, which just takes ages and paranorthern like just came out the book i was holding up and like i sold that in like fall 2018 Mm. and it just came out now and like i mean that's still a pretty quick turnaround i'd say but you know they take forever and you just sit around and kind of twiddle your thumbs once like the like writing part's done and you're like when's it gonna get here when's it gonna get here so all you can really do is talk about things until they all of a sudden exist, and then you can have a panic attack about them existing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin says you come a long way from those business cat strips on Talking Comics. Ah, I love business cat. <laughs> um, Justin, who obviously co-hosts this podcast with me and 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 help and does all this stuff with me, has actually been was actually a listener of Talking Comics before he was ever on a podcast um so he also knows stephanie from way back um this is uh so today i said game show it's gonna be kind of this shows even have a mix of things today we're gonna talk about some games we've been playing and stuff like that um but we're also gonna talk about some comic book related stuff it would be weird to have stephanie on here and not talk about comic book related stuff even though Stephanie doesn't really read too many comics anymore i mean uh, <laughs> more I than probably do, i read but, but just like in bursts and i definitely don't read like single issues like we used to yeah like, yeah yeah i think about i sorry i totally interrupted you but like i think about right. the output of what we've read on a weekly mm, basis crazy. to talk about and it blows my mind like yeah it makes my brain tired just thinking about how much we consumed and yeah. we're absorbing you know like it's actually bananas to me also, it where is, is this crazy. chat? Am I like not seeing? Is this like not on my end? You're you, like it, Justin says, and I'm like, well, I you don't have to be on the. This. I'm looking at the Twitch chat, Stephanie. Oh, okay, but you can okay, see okay, it too okay. if you go to Twitch.tv/misadventureland. You can see oh, it nice, and, and nice react. Yeah, well, oh, it's on the channel, so I'm plugging <laughs> my own channel while I'm on it. Oh, well, um, okay, whatever. Yes, you, you can go on your phone yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. as well, and you can look at the chat. Uh, uh, but I'll so communicate message to you when I could. Megs is here. She says hello. Byron is here. He says hello. Um, a new a uh, a uh, uh, new friend of ours from the streaming world, Makama, is here. She also is a Canadian. So Ooh. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we can bond over that one person we know that everyone knows in Canada, or you know, <laughs> Makama heard Canada and came running back. So yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got uh, it. It's. Yeah. Support fellow Canadians, right? Yes. The, the Canadians, the, the polite group needs to stick together. Um, I'm always polite and never rude. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so we're also going to gonna say we're all, talking about some games. We're also going to talk about um, What If, the uh, the new the new series uh, on Disney Plus, the new Marvel series, which we now know to be canon, which at one point we thought was just going to be like, oh, it's just a silly little, hey, what could happen? Now they've said, you know, obviously this is multiverse stuff. Um, we got um, an Eternals trailer that dropped today. Um, as well. So we're going to, we're going to speak on that a little bit as well. Um, I want to, let's start out with some game stuff. I want to talk about Steph. Have you in, in your busy life writing and tweeting to avoid writing? Do you have any time to play video games? 
literally the last two days I've been on Twitter very heavily and I keep thinking to myself, Bobby's going to text me and scold me for this soon. I'll just do it publicly. Uh, I don't need to do it. I don't need to do it via Twitter anymore. I mean, I do it, do it true, via, privately. True, true, true. Uh, yeah. And to that, yes, I did have a project I should have been working on instead, but instead I was on Twitter. But coming back <laughs> to the games portion of things, um, I've been playing like a lot of my Switch lately. Like summer is kind of my slowdown time. I don't have AC in my apartment. It's very warm and miserable. So I don't tend to spend as much time on the couch, but I've been playing like Switch while I watched reality TV and stuff in the mm-hmm. background. Okay, okay. Uh, so I've been playing Cozy Grove, which mm-hmm. is a delight. I don't know who amongst you has played Cozy Grove yet, but... It's just like got that like Stardew Valley and like Animal Crossing vibe to it. You're helping spirit bears recover their memories on a very, very haunted island. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then I was going back and playing. I don't know if you played this at all. Moonlighter. Uh, was- yes, I played Moonlighter. Yes. I left it. I'm so bad at like getting halfway through a game and then being like, I'll come back to this later. And then I come back to it and I don't remember how to play it. Mm, yes, and I have that with all the time. Yeah, I did that with Moonlighter. I was trying to play that recently. And I think I did a day or two, but I was like, I don't remember what I'm doing. I don't remember what this, what's what. So I've been going kind of back and forth between Cozy Grove and Moonlighter trying to remember <laughs> how to play slowly but uh-huh. surely. But Cozy Grove's kind of my go-to, like, either over lunch or like dinner kind of just mm-hmm. sit down and game for a bit and decompress. Cause like, sorry, I'm rambling about cozy grove. A no, lot. it's okay. Ramble, ramble. It's fine. But the reason I actually love it is cause like, well, in addition to everything else is I get so addicted to games so easily. And I could put like 13 hours into a game and be like, yeah, this is fine. I don't need sleep, whatever. <laughs> but cozy grove only has like a certain number of, hours like playable hours like you can really only have like an hour of quests kind of a day Mm -hmm. so you don't put a ton of time into it unless you're decorating or kind of fixing up your island so i really like that aspect of it where i don't need to put a ton of time into it to feel like i'm making progress right yeah makes total sense I, i really enjoy that aspect of it where i feel regulated in it and i'm not you know overplaying Mm-hmm. I totally what get that. What about you, Bobby? What are you playing? What have I been playing? You asked me, Stephanie. Yeah, that was a great segue. Um, I might add. Yeah, yeah, what? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Hades came out on Game Pass. Ah. Um, and on PS4, PS5 as well. Um, but uh, but you were playing I Hades it, before. I played Hades on PC. People listeners probably know it was our game of the year last year. <laughs> um. Love the game. Uh, I had it on PC, um, and as such, I didn't really love. I don't really love sitting in here with a controller and playing games on my my computer, mostly because I'm sitting at a desk all day for work. Yeah. Now, now that it's on, um, ga- now that it's on Game Pass, I started playing it again, and I am once again obsessed with Hades. Um, I, love it. I played it on Switch when it because like, mm-hmm. it, it was like what Steam and Switch were the first two, so yeah, I was. Yeah. on the switch playing it and it's maybe one of the only dungeon crawlers that i think i've ever really gotten into like it's punishing at first but it's mm-hmm. so specifically 
what I love that I couldn't not be invested because they had that great story. The character designs yeah. are so cool. And again, mm-hmm. Greek mythology is like, like, oh, hello. <laughs> this was made for me? What? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's hard for me to not have gotten invested in that. Like my partner was watching me play and I was so angry. I'm just like, ah! And he's like, don't play anymore. And I'm like, no, I want to unlock the story. Like, what are you, a monster? Like, come on. <laughs> You know, and uh, yeah. it's just so good. And I love that even after you play it and beat it a zillion times, it still feels like it's fun and worth kind of just checking out over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that like um, it's been it's been interesting because I have had to like kind of like, you know, get back up to where I was on the PC version, like as far as like things unlock, I'd unlock everything again. I had to like, um, I had to, you know, up my, uh, you know, up all the things in the, in the mirror, the, the darkness mirror and everything. Um, but I'm finally like getting to the point where, um, I'm, I'm now getting to the third boss every time. Um, the last like three or four runs, I've gotten to the third boss, um, nearly beat them the last two times I've played them. So I'm like getting close. um, and I, I'm just in I, every day I'm playing like a couple of runs because I'm just like, yeah, in it, you know, and I'm like really excited to play it. And it's been it's been like really, really fun to, to do it. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited, especially early on. Um, I, I'm only comparing it to Cozy Grove in the sense that I had a limited time to kind of play it. Sometimes I was still at my day job when I was doing going through it at the most. And I was like, oh, I'll take a little bit on my lunch and I'll you know, do a run through on Hades. And it was one of those games that I could play for a little bit and then put down like it wasn't like it is kind of addicting to play. But like at the same Mm -hmm. time, it can get really frustrating if you sit with it for too long. So it's kind of better in those short bursts. So at least for me at times. Uh, So I don't know. I just like really enjoyed going through. I've been tempted to start again, start a new save file, but I feel like it would make me very angry all over again. Yeah. the oh, I mean, I'm definitely better at it. Like just the base version of the game now than I was back when I first started it. So I was able to like, get farther and do more than I was originally. Yeah. Um, and it's been nice because like I, because I didn't, all the weapons unlocked, I was kind of able to like, just, um, you know, uh, try out weapons that I hadn't tried out. I hadn't played a lot with before. Like I played a lot more with the shield. I didn't play a ton with the shield in when I was first playing. Um, and, and like, I know more now, so I'm like not giving multiple of that, like, you know, whatever that, that, that stuff that that stuff is like elixir or whatever it is. I can't remember what uh, it's, it's like. It's, it's giving my brain right now, um, to, to the same person, which I didn't know what, like, I think you shouldn't do at first. So yeah. now I'm spreading it around stuff like that. I I'm, you know, I've got three death defiances now and I'm like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm making my way there. So, and I just unlocked the gun. So I just unlocked the gun now. So daddy hades is gonna go down soon um he's gonna i'm gonna beat him soon um such a great game and yeah i just oh so good there's so many good greek mythology related things right now that just they they have my number yeah it's been um it's been a lot of fun getting back into it i've also been playing um uh well before uh justin left for disney uh, we were playing the ascent with, uh, our friend Andy. Um, and that has been fun. It's like a twin, it's like a, kind of like a twin stick 
shooter, but it's also like an RPG. It's 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 fun. It's it's a fun game. It's like cyberpunk. Um and but it's like the buggiest game I've played in a very long time. It's so many crashes and weird like hiccups with the multiplayer that um that I know they patched it since we stopped playing it. So hopefully when we go back, it's a little more stable. But it, it was like one of the things where like we would never be able to get a lot of momentum up playing the game, even though we're really enjoying it because it kept like crashing out. Um, which wasn't great. It's on Game Pass, so that I mean, you know, whatever. Me. I didn't pay any money for it. I I did like a little thing for a Q and A for Oh My Gods, and one of mm-hmm. this little girl had the most heartbreaking question. She was so sweet. She was drawing the whole time, but then she was like, basically, like, what do you do when like a company kind of exploits like the artists and like basically, you know, like. For instance, your dad works for like a video game company and he worked on this really cool game and it's like a really cool game and it was supposed to be really big and has this cool story. But like that it came out too soon because the executives like just like pushed it out and it, st- it, it it like went viral for how bad it was, how buggy it was. And like it wasn't the artist's fault. And I was like, oh, no, is this poor kid talking about cyberpunk? Did her dad <laughs> cyberpunk? And it felt <laughs> so bad for this kid. And she was so sweet. She was just like, I just wish people would give it a chance. My dad worked really hard on it. I was like, oh. Sad. Oh. It's okay. very sad. Oh, the kitty has made an appearance. Yeah. Um uh the thing about Hades, obviously, I my 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 crush on Megara has has resurfaced because I've been playing the game again. Um wild. they must have did it intentionally to make her sound like Megara from like Hercules too, right? Yeah, like, that has to have been intentional. I mean, maybe I don't know. She sounds so much like her. Oh, <laughs> it's extremely hot, but okay. I definitely need. If you yes. are watching the video version of this podcast, you're missing out on some cat action yeah, right now. She's about to like love on my headphones. You just watch. <laughs> um, and then um. Just uh, aforementioned, Andy and I have been going through some game, just going back through Game Pass a little bit, and like I've been playing Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is like a co-op Wolfenstein game with like two with Billy uh, uh, BJ Blazkowicz's two teenage daughters. That game has been fun. The shooting is fun and stuff like that, but it's a little bit repetitive and 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 not amazing. Um, so that's really what I've been playing. I finished Death's Door since the last time. I mean, Death, Death's Door is awesome. Death's Door is like a um, sort of like isometric, like top down, like uh, Zelda like type of game where you play as a little crow who is like a a, a, a reaper um, and he goes to get a soul. And right before he gets a soul, it gets stolen from him. So he has to go on this adventure to try to like find the soul that was lost, because as long as he's in the mortal world, he ages and, and can die. Um, so. Um, so and it's got like, you know, some really, really good boss design. And it looks great and it sounds great. And I found it to be really, really satisfying and good. And just like it says in the chat, it's definitely a game of the year uh, contender. Uh, it's got a really great atmosphere and it has a neat end game too. after the last boss that I think is, is really, really worth it. So What's this one called um, again? Again. death's door Death's door. OK, this sounds. Yeah, it's on Xbox. Alley. Yes, Xbox and PC. So right now, okay. um, you I know you have one of those things, Stephanie. Do I do in fact have one of those things? I probably yes. <laughs> on Xbox, although I suspect yeah. my Xbox has seven thousand gigabytes of updates to do because I haven't turned it on for like a few. Probably, months, but probably. I'll have to check that out. 
Um, it's very, very good. Very, very, very good. I will be going back into, you know, video game mode as Canada gets cooler and I don't Mm want to go outside as much. So, yeah. Oh my God, Kaylee, it is so hot. Just can I put you down (laughs) now? The cat just like does not want to be put down. Oh, she's going to bite me. Okay. This is fun. This is a good time. (laughs) This is, this is, this is the Stephanie podcasting experience. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We'll never forget that goddamn review, which I bring up, I feel like every time for talking comics that was literally on iTunes and just said, we get it, Steph. You like cats. (laughs) Okay. Well, people are very nice leaving reviews on a, on a free thing that they get. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) like honestly, what did you expect? You could listen to another <laughs> show. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm covered in cat fur. Thank you, Kaylee. Uh, there you go. I really, I feel like she just wanted me to experience what she's experiencing right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? We get it, Stephanie. You have a cat, okay? I know. Let's move on. I am a cat uh, now. Um. So yeah, that, that, that's that been my video gaming uh, in the last, like the last couple of weeks since we last time we did this podcast i we all uh you know i, I play like a bunch of random stuff like it's just a nice little bit of apex legends oh i played some of that split gate game which is like this free-to-play multiplayer shooter which is like halo meets portal it's essentially like halo multiplayer but you also shoot portals and you can go through them oh, that's um cool. to like to like navigate in the, the environment yeah it's cool it's fun um it was it had a lot of trouble when it first launched because like they they apparently were like they had planned with their server load to be like oh this will be fine as long as like not more than like 20,000 people at a time are trying to play it um, because, because they, the game's been out like in early access and stuff for a long time and it, it never really caught on too much. Um, they put it out on console and re-released it on Steam and uh, 700,000 people were trying to play it at the same time. So Yikes. the game completely cr- like just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. You couldn't log on. Um, it was causing this issue on PlayStation where it would like um, it would like try to sync its trophies to the PlayStation network and couldn't do it because it couldn't connect to the server. And there technically was no like entry for it in the server. So in your PlayStation would just hang for like forever from it. Um, and, and a lot of stuff they, they've sort of they fixed it. They instituted a queue system and they've sort of spin up more servers. Um, it's been way more popular than I think they really ever thought it was going to be. But it's uh, it's fun. Which is like amazing. You want your game to be popular, but then it's also when yeah. you're not prepared for it. I'm sure it's a lot of overtime and panic and yes, scrambling. Yeah. So it's maybe slightly, yeah, anxiety inducing. We'll absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's like one of those things where um, it like we we the last I guess the last, the last like two years pretty much have been full of games that. No one, no, the developer, I don't think thought they were going to be particularly popular and then went, got gigantic. I mean, Among Us obviously is like the, the biggest one, but it was out for like two years. And then all of a sudden it became the biggest game in the world. At a point where at one point with Among Us, they were like, nobody else can play right now. <laughs> like, oh, the, right now. I still haven't played it, but I feel like it became a really big thing in my social feeds and stuff, especially during yeah. the pandemic. Yes, so, right, I mean, it was huge during the pandemic, yes. Yeah, so I, I feel like, again, I never got around to playing, but there was a lot of people that be like, oh, we should have like yeah. an Among Us night. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I totally know how to play that game. Like, <laughs> sure. It also became very big. It's one of these games. So there's this like subset of games 
that are so popular that you never hear about them. Like that, they, they, they so many people play them, but they're not the type of people who like talk. hang out on social media and talk about video games or or work at video game websites or the, the, the kind of games they don't play. And among us is, is like I think now in that echelon of games where it's not in like the zeitgeist of like gamers who are playing, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the things where like l- like little kids love Among Us. Like yeah. you go on YouTube and there is like a million Among Us inspired songs that have like millions upon millions and millions of views. They sell a ton of merch. And there's like, it's crazy. I mean, there's a set of games like having a three-year-old now, I like see this a lot, which there's like Among Us is one of these things. There's this game called Friday Night Funkin', which is like, what? uh, which is like a rhythm game. It's like a very difficult rhythm game that has like these sort of like cell shaded cartoon characters. Okay. That is ridiculously popular in in like the YouTube world, um, but no one like outside of wherever have heard of it. Um, There's like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, And then there's stuff like, like Five Nights at Freddy's, which are, these are horror games, but Hello Neighbor. A lot of these are horror games, but they have lore and stuff and their characters move into other spaces where like, oh, there's like this, like kids video that's on, but there's like a Five Nights at Freddy's character in it. Um, and so my, my son is like, oh, dad, that's Freddie Fosbear. And I was like, how the hell do you know who Freddie Fosbear is? And he's like, oh, he was in this whatever video I was watching. Um, wild. That's it's wild. wild. It's completely wild. It is nuts. It's a whole other like subset of gaming culture and, and, and like the breadth of gaming. Like something like Roblox. Roblox is something that nobody who ever talks about games ever talks about. But they just had like a public offering and it was like $10 billion. Actually, there was like an investigative journalist piece that went up today on YouTube about their exploitative use of uh, Of young creator owned stuff. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. I started watching Mm -hmm. it, but it was like 25 minutes long and I didn't know enough to kind of like follow the whole thing. But the comments were very supportive and said it was great investigative journalism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Roblox is a thing where it's like all made by people like it's like it's like a game creation tool mm. that people make games in and it looks like crappy legos or yeah. whatever but it is one of the most like popular games in the world it's one thing that no, nobody talks about it but it, it's hugely popular you know i mean like minecraft is now one of these games as well which is like as gamers like we know minecraft a lot more but it was it you know it was still like the fourth best selling game of the year this year and it's been out for however many years so yeah, it's wild. one of those things where they're just they're just giant games um um so so yeah it, it and it's just the stuff where like i just get exposed to it because my son i'll just wake up in the morning and my son will be laying in bed next to me watching some random youtube video and i'll be yeah. like what is this unless again <laughs> not to bring up my cat again unless my cat starts watching youtube and is like you know here's like these oddly specific videos that uh you know are related to video games i don't really have that my youtube is a different experience my YouTube is destroyed. My YouTube algorithm is completely destroyed by my son. It's just like, it's just a ton of that stuff. And also like, I, people don't have kids. There is a whole, also a whole world of YouTube, like creators who just make videos for kids. And there's like, there's a breadth of them. There's ones that just like, there, there are seven bajillion videos of people opening toys 
and being like, oh, look at this toy and putting it down. Look at this. Like that's all they do. They don't play with the toys. Like, they just toy go like ASMR, like <laughs> wish fulfillment. Like, yeah, basically is what it is because like they'll be doing it. And my son will go like, daddy, what do you think we're going to get? And then they'll open the toy up and then it'll be like, oh, look, it's a Captain America, like, you know, vinyl uh, Funko Pop or whatever. How did um, people discover that this was a thing? Like, I just have so many questions where they were I like, I don't know. What? I think today we're going to try some unboxing. We're just going to show some toys in a surprise way, a surprising way. Uh, yeah. By just holding them up to the camera. And we're going to see how that goes. Like, I feel like it had to have been an accident. And then somebody realized, oh, there's like an audience for this. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then like there is this kid named Ryan. There's a thing called Ryan's World where it's just this kid and his family and they just do stupid shit. Um, and it's terrible production values, all this stuff. The ki- They sell merchandise in like Walmart and Target and everywhere now. Um, it's insane. And the guy's like, a, the kid's like a millionaire now. Um, it, it, it's just nuts. There's a whole, and there's, and this is like the most, pop, this is like, there's so many of them. It, it's just, it's just insane. Anyway, um, <laughs> as we go farther and farther off, off a of field, um, let's talk a little bit about the comic book stuff we were going to talk about. Let's start out with the Eternals trailer, which just dropped this morning. Um, yes. I woke up it like, it like in the middle of the, basically in the middle of the night. Cause I woke up. Yeah. And and Hugh had already posted in our my Discord that the trailer had come out. Um, yeah, and like this is kind of just like the world premiere of Shang Chi just happened like earlier this week, and now they're yes. dropping this. And yes, yeah, I woke up to this text from you basically because I saw yes, <laughs> basically I I I saw the trailer and there's like a list of like five people in my head who I immediately send said trailer <laughs> al- al- along to. Um, and you were one of those people. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So what did you think of, we already had one teaser, right? Which yeah. kind of just bare, like it kind of showed off sort of the, some of the vistas and the actors and gave like a, a kind of a very basic idea of like, like a mood yes. board, I feel like, like it was yeah. like, here's the look, here's the ambitious new kind of feel we're going for in this movie. And I think mm. that was a really important thing to establish in that teaser to be like, you are not getting a new Spider-Man. This is not like mm-hmm. this is an elevated MCU film. This is not mm-hmm. what's come before. So I think it was a really important thing to set before they mm-hmm. kind of released a full trailer. Uh, yeah. But I really enjoyed this different kind of angle of, you know, superhero movies within the MCU. I think it looks beautiful. I think that was like the first thing I sent you. I was like, holy, mm-hmm. like this looks beautiful and you were like yeah. the people or the scenery <laughs> both both but yeah i think the thing that really struck me more so was in fact the scenery and just kind of like the imagery that they're trying to present with the movie like it felt so different from everything else that we've seen before you know like obviously mm-hmm. uh we've heard about how like see how much cgi is in them and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. you can tell that they're using nature here. Like Kevin <laughs> Feige, 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 Feige was saying it's definitely we, Feige. Were, we were talking about, um, you know, there's, I mean, obviously there's CGI in here too, but they are yeah, also of course. very much using 
the landscapes around them and it feels more cinematic i think than the other films that have come before does that make sense like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean there definitely is like um um a I don't mean again. I don't like. I, I don't want to say this is like to degrade the people who have directed the other movies at no, all. No, no, no. But there is the. But there is more of an classically epic quality to the way the movie looks than previous Marvel films. Like obviously, other previous Marvels have had epic things in them, and and obviously, you know, obviously. But when we talk about like epic in the movie terms or in like the the classic term as far as film goes. For being like Lawrence of Arabia, like those type of like big vistas, like shot on location things yeah. that sort of bring a different scope and look to to the actual um, to the actual film it, it itself. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think it has a different vibe to it in that sense, too. Like, it feels like they're catering to a new audience they're like oh mm -hmm. you don't take marvel seriously let's show you what we can do like we're gonna bring mm -hmm. you know the cinematography we're gonna bring these riveting performances we're gonna bring mm -hmm. these landscapes and this scenery and all these things you know to the forefront and it just felt so incredibly different but in a good way you know, like I can see how it's still a Marvel film. I can see those mm. kind of concepts there, but it does feel like an aside to everything else. And I'm into that. Like, I think it looks like. I'm excited to kind of maybe have I'm sure it's tied in somewhere because Marvel can't not. It's 100 percent. Yeah, it's 100 percent tied in. I know. But like, you know, like <laughs> watching it, you're like, oh, is this like maybe standalone? Can I just. Yeah enjoy this without right all <laughs> i'm gonna see everything else too you know like yeah i just do but in some way like some part of me is just like let these things exist yeah absolutely and I tell you, I, yeah and i think i mean we're in a good spot right now for that anyway because it's things have sort of restarted in in, mm -hmm. in in a way you know we're leaving behind like not all the old characters but a lot of the old characters and we're starting to like kick off a bunch of new franchises potential franchises and potential and potential films, both with Shang-Chi and with the Eternals, obviously, um, you know, moving forward. I, I think that um, I, I think that you obviously see the Marvel, the Marvel influences because uh, that like post like the post the stinger or whatever is like a very like Marvel like, don't worry, there are jokes in here, too. Like when he breaks the table or yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very it's very Vibranium. like yeah, it's very like, you know, oh, you know, it's the it's like the Wi-Fi password joke from Doctor Strange or whatever. You know, it's got like it's, it has those vibes to it. But um, I, I think what Marvel has been criticized for in the past, obviously, and, and this goes back more, I think, like phase one, phase two time more than later on. But that they would bring in directors and some directors would leave because it would basically be like, you got to do it this way. Yeah. Like. You have freedom. You know, all the directors who work there and like it said that you have freedom, but there is like a guideline you have to follow. You can't just do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and, and it feels a little bit more like with the, especially, you know, looking at the TV shows as evidence and then now moving into what this looks like. And uh, apparently we've heard very positive early word of mouth on Chang-Chi. Obviously no official reviews or anything have come out yet, but that they hired, you know, uh, Chloe Zhao and she was able to do the movie. She want have the movie look and feel the way she wanted it to feel, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and Feige has talked about this interviews before he said, like, 
look, I, we understand like we've been doing this for X amount of years. It has to keep changing in some ways in order for people to keep coming back and still watching it and it not get stale. Despite right. It's the it, fast it, and the furious. It's like the fast and the furious. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so and I, and I think this looks like one of those things, right? Obviously, we haven't seen it yet. We don't know what the, yeah. the content of it is yet, but from the trailer, you know, that's there. And and there's also, I think, the um the sort of hints at what they've always kind of said about this section, which is going to be a little bit more cosmic, a little bit more out there. We're seeing the celestials and mm. all that kind of stuff here. And they answer the question in the trailer about why they didn't do anything when Thanos was around, all that kind of stuff. Cause yeah. that was like a lot of the, every, everybody's question after that first teaser was, well, what the fuck were they doing when they were wiping out half the universe or whatever? And we, we got to get that answer. Right. And, and it feels like we've definitely got one of those situations where, um, uh, I think we're going to have like, oh, like the Eternals and the people they're fighting, maybe they're not so like different. You know, I think that's going to be like a, that, that's definitely, I get that feeling because if someone was telling them not to fight, but only fight these things, it feels like it was like, you know, it, it was not, um, not in the up and up, let's just say. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, these actors like, you know, Angelina Jolie, yeah. um, um, who looks fantastic. Um, and you know, Sama Hayek who also looks fantastic. Richard Madden looks fantastic. Kit Harrington, all these people in it. Um, and how they're going to sort of, how their characters are going to integrate and how their characters are going to sort of like bring new wrinkles to, to the world. We already know because they seem very powerful. Right. And we don't, Marvel has been very like, um, not shy, but has definitely been very measured in how they like produce very, very highly powered characters and how they handle them sort of like in their sort of main storytelling sort of milieu, right? That's why you set Captain Marvel in the 90s because you can't have like basically Superman coming in at this point yeah. or it's going to blow up the entire dynamic of the story you've been telling for well, 10 years or whatever. I think this is interesting in a lot of ways too because the Avengers obviously was a buildup, you know, that was mm -hmm. like, we met all the characters, we got their stories, and <laughs> kind of just like grew over time. And then by the time the Avengers came, they could focus on the story and them coming together. But we have yeah. this ensemble film where we're not really familiar. Well, the larger world isn't really familiar with these characters up front. Yeah. And they're going to have to do a lot of world building for each person and then also for as the Eternals as a collective, right? And them coming together. Right. So I'm really curious about, I mean, obviously it's not impossible to do. Right. But, no, of course not. And it's been done before people make ensemble films work. Yeah. But I just think kind of in the world of like the MCU here specifically, there's been a formula to how they get to these big epics and we're really just being dropped into this here mm -hmm. and seeing what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm excited and curious. I think I'm, this is maybe one of the ones that I'm more excited for than anything else, just because it seems so new and different mm -hmm. to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, and the trailer was great. I mean, I, I watched the trailer and I was like, I, I was excited for the movie after the trailer was over, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's what the trailer is supposed to do. And it's definitely what it did. Um, you know, my well, real only question is, and this goes for Chang chi too, which is coming out in like two weeks or whatever is, 
I don't know how I'm going to see it because I don't want to go sit in a movie theater right now. Yeah. With so how that's everything the thing is. Because like, it's bizarre too. Cause Simulu is like, Simu, he's from Toronto. Like he's like Toronto yeah. people. And like, we're in our fourth wave. I am not going to the theater. Like theaters are at capacity as is, but they've said that they will only release it theatrically. Yeah. And I, I feel bad because like, I feel like with Black Widow and with this, they're kind of setting them up to fail because like then people can be like, well, they did crap me. Like what people said with Birds of Prey, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. well, it didn't do it was the start of a pandemic. Uh, yeah, of course, people didn't go to see it in the same capacity that they would have mm-hmm. had there not been a pandemic. You yeah. know, like it's not fair to kind of not add that in. But, you know, we had our first like woman led film with Black Widow which obviously mm-hmm. didn't go the way Scarlett Johansson wanted as evidenced <laughs> yeah. by this lawsuit. Uh-huh. Yep, uh, yep, yep. But at least they did release it. Like I was able to watch it and I was really yeah. grateful that they did that. You know, sorry, ScarJo. I was very happy they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, both can be true, right? You, yeah, you can, I know. You know, and I know, you know what I mean? And I know isn't that they did it so much as she got yeah. cut out of. Yeah, she got cut out of. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't hold. You, good for you. You get your money. But yeah. like, I I think Shang Chi is like such a big movie, a historical movie yeah. to have an Asian lead, and mm-hmm. Disney is not really promoting it like they should. And again, it's only in theaters. There's no real like backup plan for when this doesn't work. You know, it's not yeah. gonna see the same numbers as you no. would any other time for a summer blockbuster uh, yeah and i i think that's really a shame i think that's yeah a disservice to everybody who's working on this so yeah and i mean it's this whole thing and, and, and i've talked about this a bunch over this time but it's this whole thing where i i think it i think it's a two-pronged thing i think that disney i think if disney really 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 had its druthers, it would be released on Disney Plus. Yeah. I, 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 there's, they made so much money. They made like, they made so much money off putting Black Widow on Disney Plus. Yeah. Like it, it, it opened to like ninety million dollars in the theater and made like sixty million dollars or whatever on Disney Plus in the yeah. same weekend. Like that's crazy. It's huge. Dollars here, and I paid that. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's thirty dollars here, and I, I paid for it too. Yeah. And I would pay for, I would pay for uh, Shang Chi in a second. Right. Like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think twice about paying for it. I think. I think when they made the plan, they assumed that by now everything would be open and yeah. normal life would be suddenly back. And at a certain point, they kind of made that deal with the theaters. Right. And they they still there's still like this, you know, this relationship between the theater and the distributor that they just like they're scared to piss them off too much because if things do go back to normal, they don't want they don't want them saying like, we're not we're not showing your movie or we're not what whatever. Yeah. So I think theaters think they have more leverage than they do. Yeah. At yeah, this yeah, point yeah, yeah. in time, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're not going to show like again, Trolls 2 last year was like a huge example. Like they made just as much money releasing mm-hmm. it directly to on demand. You know, like I think these movies are going to do just as well on demand and theaters. I, I really do love the theater experience. I yeah, me do too. think it's an amazing way to see a movie. And especially if that's how it's meant to be seen. Yeah. And there's yeah. just like something special about watching it with other fans and enjoying that moment with other people around you that you obviously can't replicate at home. 
But no. I think there's a way for these things to coexist at the same time. You know, I don't think they need to fight each other. And I understand where theaters are coming from. They're part of this big shutdown that's happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. They want to make money back. Everyone is about the profit. I get it. I do. But I just like don't think it needs to come down to this or that. You know, like there's a way yeah. to keep people going to the theaters while also letting people feel like they can watch things at home. You know, there's a big conversation even for yeah. journalists where like they're talking about the fact that Disney is forcing journalists to go see things in theaters and won't give them digital yeah. screeners, you know, like you need to stop. Like, yeah, we're in a public health, em- an ongoing public health emergency. <laughs> you can't act like, like, Oh, but not enough people will come to the movie theater. If you put it on the streaming service, like it's, that's not the point of all of this. Like, I, I, I obviously it's too late. And Green says this, and Byron, Byron says this in the chat. Like, it's too late for Shang Chi, obviously, but they are apparently looking at Eternals, trying to figure out like what the plan will be yeah. for Eternals when, when it comes out. I wonder if they'll rush it to on demand or like. Well, they cut they cut the window in half for yeah. the movie. It's forty five days now. Yes, from I from saw that, from yeah. yeah yeah they cut it in half. Saw, so what did Dune say? What did uh Dennis? Oh God, Uno, Dennis. Even, where he was like. What did he say? It's like driving a ski do in a bathtub. Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. And I just can't take it. I can't take these fucking guys. Like, guys, I get it. You want people to see the movie the best way possible. I I get it. I totally understand. I would love to be sitting in a movie theater watching a Marvel movie. I really would. I would love to. And the moment I can go do it and feel safe, I will do it. I will go to movie theater and I will sit there. I will go there opening. I'll probably I'll go there the night before for like the eight, you know, eight o'clock, like early screen. I'll be there, you know? some of my best times in a movie theater ever have been watching those movies with a big crowd of people. I would love to do that again. Exactly. You can't expect that during a pandemic when people have families, they need to like keep safe when people have pre-existing conditions and they don't want to get sick or Mm -hmm. worst case scenario die. You know, like this is a life threatening Mm -hmm. pandemic. Like it's a disease. Like, Oh, It's awful. And yeah, I don't want to harp on that for too long. You know, obviously we've covered this extensively. I really do really want to see Shang-Chi. I'm so upset that I can't support it Mm. in a bigger way, but like, I'm just not going to go to a theater. Like I'm not, Yeah. you know, same with things like not to derail, but the green Knight. I was so Mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing that. And a 24 really stuck to their guns. and was like, we will not be doing digital releases. Nuh-uh. Yeah. And, like they did this one i think it was like this week actually they did the digital thing like and one night like, only yes. yeah gonna, not in canada oh not no anywhere but the states oh okay so that's how the hbo thing is too right the hbo max yeah. thing is only in the states right yeah and so this this drives me actually like nuts they they are forcing people's hands and they're forcing people to piracy in everywhere but the u.s because yeah. There's no legal way for us to watch these films. So you can only go to the theaters. Like basically, okay, for instance, The Witches, I think I was telling you this mm-hmm. at some point. The Anne Hathaway remake of the Raul Dow mm-hmm. book came out for free last summer on HBO Max. Not for free, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah, your yeah, subscription. Yeah. For your subscription, yes. And we have a service here called Crave, which usually gets the HBO Max stuff and like it gets premium movies and like blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. They didn't release it to that. Oh, okay. They don't release the movies 
here they have a deal where the HBO Max movies only go to theaters. So we get oh. the HBO Max TV shows, oh, but not okay. the movies. So the Anne so Hath no Suicide Squad movie. for you. <laughs> well, we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the Anne Hathaway movie they didn't even release it on demand until this summer. Oh, so okay. There was literally no way for us to watch it, except unless you pirated it. Uh, but Alejandro says, but on Crave, thank God you got the Snyder Cut. Stephanie and I talked about the Snyder Cut. Uh, <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, no. so like, I mean, yeah. what I'll say about that, I mean, the, the deal with it not being international sucks. But what, what Warner Brothers did, which they got a lot of flack for, which is said like, all the movies that are coming out this year are just going to be on HBO Max and in the theaters, but they're going to be HBO Max. No, we're not going to like it, that was people give him shit for that move, but it was the right move yeah, um, because like, you know, and but again, like talking about Suicide Squad, going back to that, I was like, I was like, I was like astounded last week or whatever when people were talking about the box office of Suicide Squad like it was a normal weekend in a, in a normal time where a movie came out and was disappointing at the box office. Like I wanted to scream because like whereas what I think about the movie, which is which which we haven't talked about on the show, but like, which I think is like, it was good. Like, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was entertaining, Thought there was some really nice, good parts to it. I think overall, not remarkable. Um, but like, regardless of that really feeling about it, I, yeah, I, I had a good right time, thought, but yeah, you didn't tell me you saw it. No. Cause last time we talked, yeah. you said you weren't gonna be able to see it. We'll talk about it in a second then. Cause I didn't know you'd seen it. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah, say, yeah, say yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the, um, the, you know, the, the 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 discourse or whatever about it making twenty five million dollars or whatever and that being hugely disappointing and it it it, it sunk a ton this week and they're blaming like streaming for it or whatever I, I just think it's crazy that we're talking about stuff like it's normal like it, it drives me crazy. Um, yeah. so. I will say, I again saw Suicide Squad, and I mm -hmm. will say, as a disclaimer to this. I do not condone piracy in any way <laughs> or form normally, but there is no legal way to watch these movies in Canada unless you want to go get paninied. Mm -hmm. You don't yeah. want just, just, just. <laughs> we don't have the digital option. It is not mm -hmm. when it comes out. I will buy it. I will mm -hmm. buy it. I will watch it. I will support it. I don't have that option right now. So I, I'm only saying this because we already talked about the fact that it wasn't available legally. So that yeah. leaves one way for me to have seen this yeah, without yeah, going yeah. to the theater. But that being said, I will support it. I thought mm -hmm. it was fun. And even if I didn't think it was fun, I think it's the right thing to do to throw yeah. money into something that you mm -hmm. enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So that aside, I really, I had a good time watching this. I went in, I didn't watch all the trailers leading up to it. I think I watched like the initial one and then I was just like, yeah, I'm in, whatever. I'm mm. going to see this no matter what. And uh, I had a blast. I, I wasn't expecting it to have as much heart to it. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just expecting it to be a balls to the wall, bonkers movie. But to me, the thing that I really enjoyed is that James Gunn really gets the assignment. Like he yes. makes the movies comic booky. There's mm -hmm. this scene, and this isn't a spoiler, I promise. But they're at Jodenheim, the place they kind of have to go. And there's a scene where Idris Elba kind of falls down, mm -hmm. like yeah. down and down and down. 
And I could visualize that as a panel, you know, the panel breaking and him falling through. And visually, it just feels like a comic book to me. He gets the characters. He knows the camp level needs to be like way up. Mm -hmm. And his he doesn't take them too seriously, which I think is what a lot of like DC's movies have suffered from before Mm -hmm. is that, you know, just bleakness. Yeah. So like Birds of Prey really shook things up and changed the status quo for that. And I really loved seeing that carried over into this too. The scene, for instance, you know, like Birds of Prey really set up that delusional Harley verse where she's just like the hero in her own story and just all this stuff. And there's a scene where she's fighting and she has this javelin that God has given her or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's flowers everywhere and little like Disney Tweety birds around her. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a fun scene that really encapsulated harley so well and she shines in this movie as yeah. she should yes and it was just a blast i had i think judging by your reaction i might have enjoyed it more than you I, but you it, might have yeah you might have i, I didn't dislike it I, I i it's one of those movies where um there are there are aspects of it i think are fantastic and one of the things i will agree with you with is like what i loved about the movie was it mixed like like Idris Elba's costume and stuff was like, was like badass and like had like, like was very cool to look at and was like functional and like was more like modern comic book movie aesthetic of, of like what, a, how you, how you translate a comic book costume into a very, uh, into like a, into a movie costume. But then there's like, you know, John Cena's costume, which is like literally like, could have been drawn you know in the 60s with four colors you know or whatever which i love like i love that i love that mix right and, and i think that like um and i think you saying he gets the assignment is, is a perfect encapsulation of, of what it is um like there's moments in the movie where they do like comic book like title pages like for different chapters yeah. um and they're just very aesthetically nice and like um well they're like the lettering sfx like the sound effects that you see where a letterer who really knows what they're doing does it in yeah like yeah a uh-huh. style. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what those felt like to me like, yeah not just those generic like captions of oh now we're in monaco or whatever yeah no like, no no what it was like to me is like you know you're reading like a like an issue of like a, let's say like a, a, a batman book or something and like the, the title like the the title of the issue isn't like in the in the first book but you're reading through it right and, you, and all of a sudden something happens and you turn the page yeah. and like they've like incorporated the title into like the, the scenery and the character, like that's yeah. what it felt like to me. And I really liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think Elba's like was great. Like he was, it was a very good, like charismatic movie star lead performance mm-hmm. from him. Um, uh, and I think the whole movie encapsulates the feeling of the suicide squad so much better than, than, than they the first movie did. Right. It, it, um, it has a sense of that ridiculousness to it that every Suicide Squad book I've ever read has had in it, you know? Like, yeah. the people who write Suicide Squad, the ones who are good at it, also understand the assignment, right? They know it's ridiculous. You have to take, like, James Gunn, you know, he takes serious things he needs to take serious, but not not the other stuff, right? Um, and But I thought, like, you mentioned the heart stuff, and there were, there were hearts of, like, the, like, the, like the, the flag stuff, I just didn't like that much, like, his whole storyline... I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy like your whole like redemption arc or whatever. But Ratcatcher 2 was phenomenal. She was yeah. great. 
and her whole story was great. And Polka Dot Man is like MVP of the movie oh to me. God. He was so good. I think I, I liked them both a lot uh, to turn this back into the cat podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he found a stray cat on set and mm-hmm. the costume designer made a Polka Dot Man suit for the cat <laughs> with little goggles. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. adopted the cat. And I just, obviously, I appreciate that. And clearly MVP. Like, yeah, clearly, 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 clearly. 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 Yeah. But I mean, I, there was no performance that was like that. Everyone was good in it. Like, like yeah. you know, um, like Cena's very, very funny. And like, obviously also understands the assignment in which he is given to do. And like you said, yeah. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is like a gift we've been given as like, as like comic book movie fans. She's wonderful in it. She is Harley Quinn, but she's not she's not doing like a riff on like the the the, the animated series Harley Quinn. Like she is her uh, her own yeah. version of the character, but keeps sort of like that, the you know, core, feeling. Like yeah, like she's not she has like a voice, but she's not going for the really like Mr. J. Like yeah. she's not doing like that or anything like that. Like she 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 brings it to her own place. And, you know, that yeah. scene where she like is is like chained up and she does that where she like grabs the key. Yes. She yeah. did that whole thing. I, for I real was on actually her own. hilariously wondering that because I knew in Suicide Squad she does her own stunts. Like she yeah. went and learned. There's that elevator scene where she runs up and then flips over, and she yeah. did that. Yeah. And so I was, I went into this pretty sure that most of the stunts we would see from her would be mm. her. Yeah. And like, she's just really dedicated to the role like you can tell she loves harley as a character and she Mm -hmm. loves playing her and i felt like they all like encapsulated fun like it felt like they were enjoying themselves doing this so yeah i just enjoyed watching them perform you know and it was a good time it was a good time i John Cena I was watching again Fast and the Furious this week I watched F9 on the weekend and I watched Fast 5 yesterday and uh, then talked about it for an hour and a half because that's who (laughs) I am Uh, but we were talking about how The Rock brings that wrestling campiness to his roles and that's kind of you know like he's not really a good actor I love The Rock I love The Rock Mm -hmm. he's so fun like I will watch pretty much everything he's in but he is, you know, like, especially in Fast Five, just like so campy and he's like so deadpan. Like, he's just like, oh, you need an ass whooping. And mm-hmm. it's like with the utmost seriousness of like an angry dad who's disappointed in his son, <laughs> you know, but to criminals. But John Cena brings that to this, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Where like he's fun and you can tell he's enjoying this, but he has that like WWE camp to him, too, that like. I think makes him special. Like it doesn't to me make it like, you know, Oh, here's another one of those wrestlers that's crossed over. Like I enjoy that level of like over the topness that you get from him. So I think he was a really fun addition. I don't know so much about the TV show because he's getting a spinoff TV show. Yeah. They've already filmed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an HBO max thing. Yeah. So, which I may or may not get here. Who knows? (laughs) It's a show. Uh, So you should get it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, So I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I'm interested, obviously, to see where they go with this. If, mm-hmm. y- yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna watch it regardless. But, <laughs> we'll um, see. yeah, he, um, yeah, and I'll say, uh, Peter Pacal- 
Peter Capaldi, for the little oh, he's yeah. in, is, is very good. He was in this. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's very good. Um, it, it, it's good, and I think the action as well is well like constructed, and it, it, it was is good. It just was. I really liked Birds of Prey a lot, mm. and for me, like even though there are things I like, there I have things that um about like the structure of birds of prey that are not my favorite and the things i'm like oh there's i have criticisms of it but when i finished birds of prey especially that last like 40 minutes or whatever i was like damn that was awesome yeah and, and it's, again, I, I didn't have that i guess i was looking to, at least for that feeling or more when i saw suicide squad yeah. and i kind of it kind of it got close to matching it for me but and it, it probably overall is like a better structured story uh, you know suicide squad but there was an impact to Birds of Prey, and I think it's also right because it, it's also ha always happens with these characters when they're characters you know. There are characters in Birds of Prey that I'm like, I cannot believe. Like, obviously, there are crazy characters in Suicide Squad, but I don't know yeah. those characters. There are characters they do that I do know, right, in, in Birds of Prey that I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this, even though sometimes I'm like, I wish this was a little bit more like the, like the real comic book version of the character, but... Yeah, like um, it's so cool that they're doing stuff like this. They're doing Black Mask and they're, do you know, it's like um, and you get this wonderfully like like you McGregor also completely understood the assignment yes. in, in that movie. Although I fully wish and this ties into your love of Moulin Rouge, so I know you won't mind me changing this up for like two seconds. I fully wished that there was like the musical number that they did was like a full on oh, yeah, yeah. like yeah, Margot yeah, yeah. Robbie thing. I was like, yes, Moulin Rouge callbacks. Let's make this whole thing like mm -hmm. a dancing, singing number. But then it obviously gets cut off very quickly. But yeah, yeah, you and McGregor yeah. understood the assignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the movie itself, right, is because of the team making it, is saying things about toxic masculinity. And all that stuff that a lot of these movies aren't saying, even the movies that are, um, are, are not toxic, are not toxic. A lot of them aren't saying the things that Birds of Prey is overtly saying, which I think is obviously some of the reason why people had problems with it because people, you know, are suck. But I, I think that like, um, you For know, lack of yeah. And I think that Suicide Squad, while it's big and fun, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have that same voice, right. That Birds yeah. of Prey has. I um, think so. Um, obviously, there's going to be those people you mentioned mm -hmm. so, that were never going to like Birds of Prey. But where I think James Gunn went right in doing this and kind of avoiding that fanboy nonsense is he picks comic book movies to work on that typically don't have that fan base. Like he's doing the Ryan North Squirrel Girl thing. He's picking characters yeah. that mm -hmm. people don't care about. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to do my own version of this, basically. Yeah. And then making it his own. And obviously, there's a few characters that have history and people mm -hmm. are their fan favorites. Harley, obviously, being one <laughs> of them here. But he definitely, I feel, maybe deliberately chooses characters that he can do his own thing with and not be bogged down by mm -hmm. executives and kind of people who are like, yeah, but we can't do that with Batman. Like we can't really right, do yeah. that with him, you know, mm -hmm. like we can't. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's almost a deliberate, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a deliberate choice to kind of be yeah. like, I don't want to play in that toxic sandbox. Like I mm -hmm. want to play in mm -hmm. this sandbox. Cause like realistically also guardians of the galaxy has been, I mean, it's been a pretty big book, but like prior to the movie coming yeah. out, it was definitely not what it is 
now. No, it's like it was like a slight step above the Eternals, which is something that like like yeah. I don't I I've read a lot of comic books in my life. I've never read a single comic book with the Eternals in it. I had maybe read like one or two comics with the characters from Guardians of the Galaxy in it before it came out. So like yes, people don't exactly. remember that that like that that was it was nothing. People were like what is this? Is this going to work? And then obviously it is. It was what it was. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this isn't really part of like the phase, whatever. Like yeah. this, this will be. And, you know, I think he thrives on getting to kind of form those personalities for those characters in a way that's meaningful later on. You mm-hmm. know, like, I think that's where he excels. So I think he made a great choice to kind of avoid what has come before for the most part and put his own stamp on this so yeah 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 um so yeah we haven't uh, even I, got into half the things we were going to talk about no i'm happy that well we got we only have one thing well, to talk about. yeah true 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 <laughs> but, I'm the but it was the first thing i said we were going to talk about um and now it's gonna be the last thing but i, I didn't know you'd seen suicide squad and we didn't get to talk about it on the show because justin went away so it's good that we got to talk about it um yeah. and we got to talk about birds of prey which is nice um i love them both i i, I do i will also say this that i love birds of prey more but speaking of treasures mary elizabeth winstead is a treasure and should be in everything she is fantastic yeah. in birds of prey um and that that is all <laughs> i i was saying this to a friend i had coffee with the other day i really do wish that they had left it a harley movie and that it was like a prequel to a yeah. proper birds of prey like i yeah. wish they did a post-credit scene like captain marvel and they're like Birds like Harley will return in Birds of Prey. Right. And this was like kind of the prequel. And then all of a sudden you announce the big Birds of Prey movie. Because like this, the Harley movie doesn't feel like a Birds of Prey movie. No, and that's the one that's the criticism. They're getting the band together. And so that is how I feel as a whole. Kind of, I think that's my biggest criticism of it. But the film itself, I really love. I, I think it did such a great job in changing the landscape for DC and being like, Oh, you mean we don't need to take everything so seriously all the time, Mm -hmm. which as you know, I am a fan of. Yes, I know. Um, (laughs) So speaking of doing your own thing with characters, Stephanie, (laughs) let's talk a little bit about Marvel's what if. Things um, I definitely watched. Yes. I was like, Stephanie, please watch What If before. <laughs> and then she goes, like, she texts me on Wednesday. She goes, so am I supposed to, watch, supposed to watch the second episode as well? And I was like, yes, please watch the second episode. <laughs> as I texted you, for some reason, it just like hadn't occurred to me that by the time we would record this, there would mm. be a second episode out. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to watch this one too? Um, yes, yes. I, I know it's it's a big ask. Um, there was a <laughs> so what if is I mean people aren't familiar with the what if concept in Marvel comics. It's basically like just like this. What if Peggy Carter was Captain America? What if T'Challa was Star Lord? Like that is basically what they are. Um, they range from like small changes to crazy big changes. Um, and it was like a pretty popular line of books for a while. They haven't really done it in a lo- in quite a long time. Um, and, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong in the books, but they were just what ifs, like there was no canon to them. But then in yeah, this no. again, as you had mentioned, these are kind of the multiverse since we've introduced that concept to the MCU. Yeah. So yes. these are yes. these these are the decisions that led to a different path. Exactly. Yes. And this is what happens now when there isn't a, a, a group of people to prune 
the extra timelines away, right? Yeah. So now we're seeing these things. And the Watcher is part of this now. So the Watcher, I mean, we had yeah. like, we had like a cameo by the Watchers in like one of the Marvel movies. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was Guardians or not. I don't remember which one it was. But with Stanley is like talking to the Watchers or whatever. So there was like that thing. But this is like Jeffrey Wright is like voicing the Watcher, and you know it, it, he. It's so interesting. And before before the so I'll say this right now. Spoilers for the end of Loki because we can't really talk about what this is without talking about the end of Loki in some way. Um, and also spoilers for what if you know we're going to talk about the episodes. So. Um, you know, Loki introduced the multiverse before that happened. We just assumed, I just assumed what if was like, Oh, this is going to be the thing where they have a couple animated like shorts and they're going to like do a season of it. And it's going to be fun. And like, cool. Like we're going to get little, like one-off little stories. And, and I still, I st and then, then obviously Loki introduced the multiverse. And now they've said like, these are all canon. Like these are all part of the multiverse. Of course. I mean, they're mostly still just one-off stories. I think most of them will be, but mm -hmm. I think, uh, but they have the potential to come back versions of these characters have been looking back in other places now that it is like officially part of, of whatever's happening in the, in the larger universe. Um, but really you only have to have like a, a really a basically very basic knowledge of what happened in the movies. Um, to really kind of get what's going on in the episodes. And even then you don't really need to know. You just, you won't get like the, why is this different part of it? If you don't know, you know, the movies, obviously. Um, so, Steph, give me an overall impression of, like, the two episodes. What do you think of the animation, the voice acting, you know, overall quality of everything? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, so I hadn't watched trailers for this at all. So this is another thing I went into blind, but I already knew what the what-if concept was. So, I mean, I didn't really need a lot of context to what they were doing. I was like, oh, they're doing a what-if TV show? Mm -hmm. All right, I know yeah. what this is about. Yeah. Um. So I knew a little bit about... The first episode only from Angry Man Babies on Twitter, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which, again, the first episode revolves around Captain Carter, <laughs> uh, Peggy basically coming into her own and taking the serum in place of Steve and then becoming Captain Carter. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I really like Peggy Carter as a character. Agent Carter was done dirty, you know, they canceled that well before she was really given a chance to shine. They really mm -hmm. found their footing and then they were like, yeah, no one wants this. Which sucks. Is Chad Michael Murray dead? <laughs> I need to know. Just bring it back. <laughs> like, you've got Disney Plus now, bring it back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my cat is just, hold on. It's okay. Just, just stop it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But uh, yeah, I think it was interesting. I didn't love the animation at first. Like it took me a smidge to get into. And like some of the like animation doesn't quite line up with the like voice acting mm. at times, especially early on. But I think it's more like the, the kind of animation style as opposed to like or animation in general. Right, yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I really liked the voice acting. Obviously, they brought back the people who play mm. the characters. Yeah, yeah. Nearly uh, everyone is back. I mean, it's not Chris. It's not Chris Evans voicing uh, Steve. So, yeah, but everything but else. Mostly everybody else is there, mm -hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, both stories aren't really new stories. Like they're basically stealing the movies, a movie like 
again, um, the the first one is taking from the first Captain yeah. America, and it's basically taking the exact same things mm-hmm. from that movie, but putting Peggy in place yeah. of that and slightly tweaking them. Yeah. So in some ways, I think it's a bit lazy. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, you could have given them a much cooler story that was their own. I understand you want to put them in the context of what Peggy would do versus what Captain America did, which I can appreciate and kind of giving those characters differing ways to approach the situation. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot where there's a scene where Peggy's like, I'm no longer screaming to be heard. Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really powerful. But with the second one, too, like, it's Star-Lord, yeah. but T'Challa, and it's Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought there was, like, fun spins there. Like, again, basically, what if somebody who wasn't a garbage person right, yeah, was yeah. Star-Lord? And it turns out, you know, everyone would love and respect you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you would, uh, you, wow, would you would you would change Star-Lord? yeah and you would like change the whole like complexion of this like organization right that you were yeah. that you were a part of you know yeah. yeah your good would do good around you yeah. and uh, I thought that was fun it, it's hard because on one part part of me is like it feels lazy to just insert them into these pre-existing things but again it was fun two so mm. i i'm i'm of two minds with it i guess yeah i think what they what they said about the first episode was it is intentionally intentionally very close to the first avenger because they sort of wanted to give people like a slow ramp into the concept right like they didn't want to change like a billion things off the bat because they want people to be like okay no i get this concept like Oh, it's a, and then I mean, obviously, as the episode goes along, it diverges more and more to the point by the end, she's fighting like, you know, like Cthulhu and <laughs> and yeah. like um, and ends up like kind of almost being like taking like the Loki like yeah. role, um, like showing up in the shield facility right at the end. Right. Um, instead of Loki showing up um, and uh, I've heard that she's coming back, that she's going to have some other like role in this in this uh series in some way um the second one i think what i enjoyed about the second one was that when it started i was like oh they're just they're just gonna be doing the same thing uh, again like they're just gonna be like basically the same thing until the very end ends be different but what i enjoyed about the second one is they kind of after the very beginning where he he takes the the stone it sort of starts diverging a lot more and we get a whole kind of new like like you said like world set right it's like It's it, the world is completely different than the one that we would have known in the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like, yeah, you know, it's similar, but like, yeah, like Thanos being like chill, you know. <laughs> and yeah, stuff. I did enjoy that, you uh, yeah. know. And yeah. what it um, that sounds a lot like genocide. <laughs> yeah, Captain Genocide, and he's like, yeah. say that to my face. Yeah. And I really, they they had like Emma Frost Nebula too. Yeah, the blonde hair. that really threw me off i didn't genuinely know who that was supposed to be until they were like oh nebula and i was like yeah 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 i think it is karen gillen it did sound like karen gillen's voice but i'm not yeah 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 i i i I don't know if it was her it did sound like her but even with that i was like i don't know who this is yeah so there was like a couple things that were like 
it was her different okay. yeah it was her they oh, um okay. yeah uh, but they did but they did something different with their voice because they didn't her voice in the movies is more pitched like down and is like, more robotic and this was more sounded like almost more like her normal voice um well, she didn't quite have much as much of a chip on her shoulder which i think yeah. you know she wasn't like super tortured and like, yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> like all of these things to kind of really make mm -hmm. her i mean she's still nebula but like yeah yeah not quite the the ruthless monster we kind of see her as at the beginning yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the I, there was totally the collector fight was neat uh, yeah. like i thought that was a neat idea and howard the duck howard the duck we got some more howard the duck which was cool yeah um yeah. i like i i um i thought this second episode was it felt more satisfying conceptually to me than the first one, even though like I have a deep love for Peggy and like that, that, that yeah. idea, the fact that it did start to diverge more fully from, you know, from where we were, um, from where we know I enjoyed that. That's the part and I enjoyed about it. It's funny. Cause like I have been doing a podcast with my friend. We've been doing the caper cast, which mm -hmm. is a heist podcast. Yeah. Which is why I was watching fast five this week. But it was funny to watch this after immediately talking about heists with Whitney to then have this heist episode. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in this what if and I, I just keep on finding more and more heist things that mm -hmm. I want to talk about with Whitney. <laughs> so it's, it's very funny. Like my world has now just become heist movies and heist TV episodes and stuff. So also from somebody who's been exploring that genre yeah. in cinema. It was very fun to see them explore it in Marvel. Like I could really see them doing something fun in a bigger scale, mm -hmm. like with a full on kind of heist. Yeah. Because again, like I'm going to just talk about I'm going to bring up the Fast and the Furious 12,000 times okay. because now this is the Fast <laughs> and the Furious podcast, actually. Uh, but the Fast and the Furious are the best comic book movies that aren't comic books, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like there's like some fun things that like Marvel and like even DC could like play with that the Fast and the Furious have done. Mm -hmm. Send a car to space. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways, but Well, yeah. Ant-Man is kind of a heist movie. True, true. Yeah. I see yeah, the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I think I've only actually ever seen Ant-Man once, so I should actually go back and rewatch that yeah, one. Yeah, it's too. definitely... I, I think it's probably less of a heist movie than it was going to be when Edgar Wright was supposed to direct it, yeah. but I still think it was it was a heist movie. Um, Byron says, may I recommend Inside Man for you for your heist podcast? We've reviewed it, like... I'm gonna say quickly that I've discovered Whitney and I have a type and it is campy and over the top movies. So we were just like, nothing happens in this movie. We liked Inside Man fine enough. But like in terms of like the bonkers stuff that we have been also watching, it was it was hard to like. Sorry, there's no cars that go to space. Sorry. Yeah. Steph, yeah. Sorry. Well, we watched like the Muppets, the great Muppet caper. This is, this is the most Stephanie <laughs> caper podcast I've ever i've ever heard hey, i would like to point out though that whitney asked to watch the muppets okay and i was just wholeheartedly like yes okay yeah well makes sense so, <laughs> i we liked inside man enough but yeah this is besides the point, yeah, the point. i think that's five might be my famous like heist movie <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, uh, I mean, again, for the for the second one of the episode, also it's the last time, obviously, we're hearing Chadwick Bozeman as T'Challa. So yeah. that was really nice, very sad, bittersweet, obviously. But it was nice that they had that one last thing, you know, that uh, waiting yeah. waiting for us. It was surprisingly um, emotional to see the thing at the end too. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't expect it to kind of hit me that hard, and then I was like, "This is really sad," you know? Yeah, like, it's very sad. It's extremely sad, and it's like, I mean, I think for a lot of people, you know, uh, it, when I think it's really gonna like, it's gonna be very odd when Black Panther two starts like showing stuff from it. I mean, because I, 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 it's gonna it's gonna be a very big hole right in in the middle of that thing, and and I'm curious how they are addressing it yeah. and filling it you know actually not to change the subject but a quick segue into the other thing you sent me yes good here yes uh, uh there was news announced today about casting from black panther which would lead into the disney plus show yeah uh, um dominique it- thorne who we already know was playing uh, riri williams in um the ironheart show is going to make her debut actually in black panther wakanda forever um, which i think is great yeah i think that's a great way to introduce her and i'm gonna guess she and shuri yeah that would be my guess know. well there's no tony like, stark for her to like right right anymore right for her to like sort of be a mentor <laughs> mentee yeah. of her whatever so even if stark was there i still think shuri's like the more natural kind of like if you're bringing her into black panther like obviously shuri has well to be yes the one yeah yes yeah absolutely um the world and stuff but i'm excited to see how i i didn't read any of the ironheart comics admittedly um again because i just haven't really read single issues Mm -hmm. for a long time i'm a trade waiter and then Mm -hmm. i'm awful about getting to the trades that i pick up my bedside (laughs) table is a land of nightmares (laughs) uh with my tbr pile uh but i mean i know about the character i know of i know what her deal is and i'm really stoked i yeah. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I'm like, just give me the things. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I didn't, I was, when I stopped, she was still like in the mainline Iron Man book that she didn't have, like the, the Iron Heart book hadn't like had its uh-huh. own separate thing yet. So, um, but she's a really cool character and, and I love, I love in comic book, the comic book, world i love legacy characters i just think they're very interesting and i've always had a soft spot for them so now that you're able to start doing those things in the movies which i really never thought would ever happen you know because like you know it's it's, a lot of these characters like it takes long enough to establish them themselves as their own characters for them there to be characters that spawn out of them in a movie format it just never really thought that was going to happen but now we're getting them like all over the place it's going to be like a year two years of just like you know, um, just two years of legacy characters, basically. We're getting Kate in a couple months and we get Riri Williams and, you know, a ton. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, I don't care really about Clint. I really don't. I know, like, I care about him in the comics. I get you. I do not care about the him. Jeremy Renner. The MCU <laughs> franchise. And I know, technically speaking, this is maybe supposed to, like, fix that. Yeah. But the person I am interested is in these is kate of course i have no interest in yeah and pizza dog a pizza because dog if there's not pizza dog i will riot but i'm pretty sure there's pizza, there's dog. A pizza dog and there's also I, I i have a feeling it's going to like at least be like using the fraction 
Aja run as like uh, inspiration because there are all yeah. these set pictures of people in like track suits and stuff and like him in like a rundown apartment building. So it's got to be it's got to have like that, that vibe to it. I really, you know, one of the comics that I have read in more recent years was Kelly Thompson's mm-hmm. West Coast Avengers. And I'd really love to see them do like an ensemble later on and explore that in like a Disney Plus show, too. Yeah. That, you know, like bringing Kate into the world gives me hope that we'll see that sometime. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kate's a great character. I mean, Kate was uh, even in that even in the comics in that fraction run, which Clint's great in the flag fraction run, the the standout star of that run is Kate. Like that's the yeah. that's the person everyone walked away from, you know, like being excited about. So um, it's very, very cool. And like and, and as Brian said, uh, you know, Ms. Marvel is coming this year as well. Which which is just nuts as well. Um, Canadian talent. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I don't even. I'm not sure what the next episode of What If is at, at this point. But what what I've heard is that it just keeps getting a little like crazier. Is kind of what it's supposed to. Is happen. it? Do you know offhand how many episodes they're doing for ten? The ten, I think okay. it's ten. I believe it's okay. ten. I'm really bad at like looking all of this up in advance now. Like I just yeah given up on. Well, like the what if thing for me is like I'm I'm excited about it. I'm happy that it's on and I'm gonna enjoy watching it. You know, every week. But it's not like and maybe all this will change if 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 like the tendrils of it start to like give like a forward momentum to some sort of like overall plot. Not necessarily that I want that to even happen, but like if that happens. Like then I'll care like, oh, how many episodes are left? Like what I, like I was with Loki. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, there's only two episodes left. What's going to happen? You know, um, but this I'm just kind of like, OK, every week I'm just going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. And then I'll just like go about my merry way, which is totally fine for me. One of my big defenses on the on Black Widow was like. I'm happy that it's like just its own thing and it doesn't have to worry about setting anything up or or paying anything off it just has to be a movie about this character doing stuff like and i was like totally fine with that um and i love the connected stuff don't get me wrong i love all that stuff i live like i love talking about that stuff but like sometimes i'm okay with it just being its own thing i know i'm like on one hand i i've talked about this with you forever where i'm Mm. even with like star wars stuff i'm like just let things exist on their own just let them do their own thing please i beg of you yeah and like i liked black widow a lot i watched it like two times like Mm. back to back i really enjoyed it had those big the americans vibes to me and like clearly that like intro was so inspired by that yeah um I, it just made you made me a little bit mad, you know, like they've really did Black Widow dirty in Endgame and just Scarlett Johansson, too, for not giving her a movie before this. And I don't know, you know, I really enjoyed it, but it, it did make me a little bit resentful that it took so long to get to this. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now, but I do wish more of the movies just stood alone. I wish... They could have done like a whole series of like Black Widow like adventures mm-hmm. as an aside. Like, oh, here's our James Bond. Like, we'll just yeah. have her do these cool espionage things. I would have been so into that. Yeah. And you know, it's disappointing. Obviously, we could maybe have that with Elena, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's a shame. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It absolutely is a shame. And, you know, I, what, what I said on the show when we reviewed it was basically like, I, I, I agree with you. Like it was it was it was it was not right that it took so long for her to get her own movie, all those things. But I tried to just like sit there and watch it and not have all those things like clouding it for me because, yeah. you know, it's not like Kate Heron's fault or whatever that, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that happened. You know what I mean? Or Scarlett no, Johansson's totally. fault. You know, so it's like, I, you I know. just watched it and yeah, enjoyed yeah. it for yeah. sure. But yeah. it was, you know, you couldn't help but pause a couple of times and just be like, dang, yeah. you really screwed up. Marvel. I mean, you also know, right, that like it's this thing too, which sucks too, you know, is like if, Let's say Black Widow hadn't been like in the original grouping, right? And Scarlett Johansson had joined like before Infinity War or something, right? With like the new whatever the whatever whatever this new group of decision makers is at Marvel, she would have gotten a movie maybe right even away. before she was in an Avengers, you know, Avengers movie, yeah. you know, or she would have showed up in a movie like like in like a in a Captain America movie and then and then the next year would have had her own movie or whatever, like whatever whatever yeah. would have happened like they've done with other characters um she just that that early time like with that old sort of like decision making group like it just was never going to happen like they were not going to let there to be movies with people of color or movies sorry movie starring women it just was not going to happen and it it just sucks that i mean i'm not going to cry for scarlett johansson she had a, she's had a good career and a good, yeah. good life yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um, not dead. like she's not dead bobby yeah like, no, she, she's good she's having a baby or she's had a baby i guess or whatever they just announced it or whatever on twitter yeah with colin jost or whatever um he's like saturday Night live guy well he's one of like the he's one of like the weekend update anchors or whatever they're married they've been married for a while um huh. yeah okay, good good for her i don't yeah. know who that is yeah but. yeah <laughs> um good for him yeah. good for her yeah you know and i i think you know there, there's a lot to be said about like her journey in 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 those movies the character's journey in those movies and like i, I do think that once she sort of what and the end of endgame aside once she sort of like got into the russo's hands the character became much better you know like yeah. you know um uh, you know, forgetting about, uh, uh, you know, once it was, once it was in that era, the character was definitely better. Um, but yeah, it, 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 she was, she was the, I mean, Hawkeye obviously didn't get his own movie either, but she was the, she was the standout from that era that just didn't get anything until now. And it did feel like it was sort of like, well, like it's the last chance. So, <laughs> so we, yeah. we got to give her a movie, you know? Um, I don't think Jeremy Renner did himself any favors. He did not. He seemed like an asshole. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was not like people were like, yeah, Hawkeye. And then he'd go out on the press tours and then people were like, mm, we don't like Hawkeye. Yeah. So, yeah. He was definitely people weren't really clamoring for their. I mean, she didn't do herself any not on the Marvel stuff, but her other like comments. Yeah. Did she no. didn't do herself a lot of favors? Either. No, she had. The fact that Black Widow is like such a popular character and that the fact that everyone knew she was, again, done dirty by mm -hmm. not given a movie. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, we can talk. I, there's lots to talk about in there, but we, we can we can we can skip that discussion and we can yeah, wrap yeah. this podcast up. Um, Who knew we could talk for long periods of time, mm -hmm. Bobby, about yeah. comics and games and stuff. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Stephanie, I want you to tell people all pimp all your wares for the people at, at home. Okay. Well, you can mostly find my stiffs online at stephaniecook.ca. That's everywhere that I am elsewhere. 
Uh, I'm at Hello Cookie on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Uh, I have a brand new middle grade graphic novel that's out that came out in July called Paranorthern and the Chaos Bunny a Hopcalypse, Bobby. Mm-hmm. It's a pun. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I know. You go to Paranorthern.net to learn more about that. And I'm very, very proud of that one. So if you're so inclined, you can go check that out. Awesome. And um, uh, the, what's the name of the Caper podcast? Oh, Capercast. Uh, and you can go to Capercast.com because I'm addicted to buying domains. Apparently. You to <laughs> where you need to go. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Bobby Shortle. You can find all our archives of the, these podcasts and any of the streams that we do at misadventure.land um speaking of domains that i recently purchased stephanie well i could if i had known you didn't already just go around buying domains i would have told you to do so so i'm happy you figured that out um i will be back um i don't know probably early next week to play some more metroid and then justin will be back next week with back uh, a regular podcast but thank you just kidding i'm taking over No, I'm not. Uh, but thank you so much, Stephanie, for stepping in and, and helping out and 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 doing this. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. All right. So thank you, Stephanie. And thank you to everybody who's been watching and listening. Until next time, be good to one another. Later. These two great friends agree a lot, but when they don't, then the shit gets hot. Though there's C-plus in their gameplay, their commentary gets an A.